hey, hey, it's Pod People's Podcast for people who make podcasts. And I'm Tyler Green, your host and the head of community at Pod People. Today's how-to episode is jam-packed, full of good editing, mixing, and mastering definitions, tips and tricks, and processes as only a conversation between our head of production, Matt Sav, and Pod People's resident editor, engineer, and post-production guru, Erica Wong, could be. Erica edits Netflix more like this and Pod People's original rom-com pods. Not to mention she mixes and masters across some 15 shows at Pod People. And if that wasn't enough, she's a composer and an actress. I would call that a quadruple threat. In today's episode, Matt and Erica dive into the whole post-production process from editing to mastering and all the key steps in between. We join the conversation as Erica defines the difference between mixing and mastering. So I would say that mixing is the process of taking all of your components, so like the VO and the music and the interview tape, and making them all sound good relative to each other. I mean, if you think of it like color mixing, you know, if you're mixing blue and yellow to get green, you want the balance of it to make sense. Maybe you'll need less blue because yellows just like won't show up as much. It's about taking the components and making them make sense in relation to each other. And mastering has more to do with distribution. So with mastering, it's about bringing everything to the specific loudness specs that you'd expect to see on streaming platforms. So that's measured in something called LUFs. (laughs) (laughs) If that sounds like a very abstract, declarative statement around the difference between mixing and mastering, and you're like, what the heck? does it actually mean in practice? That is what we're here today to talk through. So I think we're going to actually back it up and talk in general through how audio flows in the post-production process. So Erica, what would you say are the types of things that you'd be tackling at the editing stage? So editing is really cutting the tape and rearranging it so that it makes the cohesive story. So maybe you're given a script from the producer, you're taking out the tape that doesn't fit, you're leaving the tape that does fit, and you're cutting it in a way so that the pacing flows really nicely, you're taking out dead air, you're often, if you have an interview with two people talking, you'll take out the portion of each speaker's track where they're not talking. So it's just about like putting together the cut of the tape. Yes, I love that. In terms of the tools that one might use for editing, what do you use and what are some of the other tools that people might be able to use? I use Pro Tools. I would say the editing step is the one that's the most democratic kind of in terms of what you can use. Pro Tools is sort of more standard for mixers and masters coming from film and TV. So like because that's who I happen to sort of learn the craft under, that's what I use. But I think editing is totally possible on a lot of different platforms. So you'll hear now the audio in edited form. And then as we get into audio repair, you'll hear audio repair applied. As we get into mixing, you'll hear mixing applied. And yes, as we get into mastering, you'll hear that subtle, sweet difference when the mastering is applied. So we're going to play this first clip of audio now so you have for reference going through the rest of the show. You're listening to Pod People's Podcast for people who make podcasts. 
All right. So you just heard a nice, nicely edited piece of audio there. But you can tell, you know, it has some noise issues, maybe a little verby. This is where we get into audio repair. So, Erica, you are also being a jack of all trades. Great with audio repair. Can you tell us the types of steps that you might do at this point in the process? Podcasts are the voice really exists in a vacuum. It's kind of the style of like most podcasts, I would say. So I'd say the number one thing is getting rid of room tone. So maybe it's like someone has an air conditioner going. Maybe you're getting a computer fan, which my computer fan is going right now. So I know I'll have to scrub Mm -hmm. that out in post. I think that some of our clients might assume, okay, you can take out the room tone. So that means that if there's like a jangle, if someone was wearing jewelry, that we can take out that jewelry. Or if there was a helicopter that flew by, we can take out that helicopter. What's the difference between the intermittent sounds that might happen and how you approach those versus room tone, which is what you're talking about? Sure. So room tone is how the space sounds consistently through the record. And the reason why you can clean up room tone as sort of a whole, but it won't take out like the helicopter noises and the jewelry noises is that the room tone has a specific noise print. So, okay, for example, if my computer fan is sort of running between these certain frequencies, let's say it's running between like 100 and I don't know, 600 hertz is where it's loudest. If I were to clean up that room tone, the thing I would run, which we'll talk about later, would be scrubbing out just that frequency across the entire recording. So you'll hear that the sound of the computer fan will totally go away, but all the other noises are all at different frequencies. So unless you're targeting specific frequencies, just running a a noise reduction is not going to take care of everything magically. Right. So you're going to need to either cut those things out or live with them. Ideally, though, you're catching it and turning off that fan in the room because it just makes everything cleaner and easier later. What are some other types of things that you can repair and post? I'll often run an EQ curve, which is going to take out all of the very, very low frequencies that come from handling noises or people like bumping into the table that the mic picks up. Mm -hmm. Usually... Under 80 hertz is sort of the generally accepted understanding of where those frequencies live. And taking that out will just make the recording cleaner. And the other thing I will do usually is I'll remove mouth clicky noises. So if somebody has kind of like wetness in their mouth, you'll hear it in these kind of high clicky things. So that's often Mm -hmm. a good one to take out. On that note, let's just actually recap the tool that people can use for all of this work. So it's part of the Isotope group of plugins, which Isotope makes a lot of plugins that can be used in a lot of different ways. The one specifically for audio repair is called RX. And there's like a few different versions. You can get a cheaper version. The sort of standard version has the spectral denoise, which is like the most common thing that you use. And then the premium version, which I don't use, has even more stuff like dialogue matching, which you usually would just use if you're doing like film and TV work. Right. Yeah. And there are other options available out there, but the RX plugins are particularly well priced and give you yeah, a lot of bang for your buck in that sense. So now we're going to play that same clip that you heard before, but with some of these plugins that we've just described of audio repair applied to them. You're listening to Pod People's Podcast for people who make podcasts. I mean, if you haven't tried out audio repair, get into it. It's going to save 
you so much grief when you're sharing with clients. We actually really recommend doing that before you even share with clients because otherwise they're going to freak out and say, oh, why is there, why is it so noisy? Why does it just not sound good? Um, so that's where audio repair comes in. Moving past audio repair, we get into the real discussion of the day, which is mixing and mastering. So we'll start with mixing. At this stage, what sorts of steps are you taking for mixing? So I'll usually start with the host voiceover. Usually it's the person talking into the mic saying, hi, welcome to this show. Today we have this guest on. And I will put an EQ and a de-reverb and a vocal writer and a limiter. Let's go through each of those and the purpose that they serve in the mixing stage. So you said EQ. Can you just say what is like the straightforward definition of what EQ is? EQ is how much of certain frequencies are coming through. All of our voices have a really wide range of frequencies in them. And the way that mics pick up those frequencies, sometimes you'll need to boost certain frequencies to make the voice sound more pleasing. Yeah. And there's a ton of incredible conversation online about EQ approach to podcasts, to music uh, across the board. And it's like a tool in a chef's toolkit, right? Everyone has a knife. How they use it is going to be slightly differently. And, you know, the different types of knives that you might love might be personal, but ultimately a knife is serving the purpose of cutting, right? EQ is serving the purpose of shaping the sound so that it's as pleasing and forward and present and warm as possible. So find your EQ tool, put it at the top of your chain on each track and cut the low end immediately and you'll find your approach. So what was the second thing that you said that was in your chain? So after my EQ, I will usually put my D-Reverb next. I actually tend to use a plugin called SBL D-Verb instead of Isotopes D-Reverb. But depending on the tape, again, like this year, there's been a lot of recording in really echoey spaces. Isotopes D-Reverb is really strong. So it affects the tone of the voice, but it definitely like clears out the reverb better than SPL. SPL is just like more sort of subtle, and I think it touches mm. the vocal quality less. So there's a lot of different ways to do kind of the same thing. And reverb is sort of just the sound of the voice as it echoes back in the room. Right. And as you mentioned earlier, the podcast sound is very dry, very forward, very tight. I'm talking very close to the mic and I'm in a vacuum. So taking out the reverb will get you closer to that sound if that's what you're going for. Obviously, if you're doing a cool indie fiction podcast and you want to have some room tone, don't take it out. But for all you talk show people, it definitely will help polish up and get you that sound. So what's the step you're doing after the D-reverb? After D-Reverb, I will use Vocal Writer, which is a plugin that basically sort of stabilizes the volume up and down across the track. So if the speaker gets really loud or really soft, it'll kind of even out all those peaks and valleys. It's different from compression because compression is that like as the speaker gets louder, the compression like turns the gain down. Vocal Writer instead of just like hitting at the top, it'll sort of look at the full waveform and it'll make everything more more of the same sort of levels. 
Right. And so this actually gets back to my lovely chef analogy, which is that, again, you're going to have all these tools in the kitchen, and it's about how you then choose as you get more nuanced in your approach to apply them. But all of this is about the volume of the audio and how it shifts over time. So then, is there anything else you're doing at the mixing stage, or does that kind of cover it? So all of the voice tracks go through this kind of process where you're EQing and you're leveling stuff out and you're applying your compressing or limiting and sort of making everything similar volumes. And then the other thing is that the music track gets implemented. So having the music be really like soft when people are speaking and then having it ramp up and be like louder to sort of be a button on the end of speech, that all gets done during mixing as well. So the music usually will come after I've done all of the like voices and it just serves to sort of, you know, play like a counterpart to whatever they're talking about. So I just want it to be like out of the way, but a nice kind of you know, like background sort of thing. Yeah. And I've heard all different people throw out numbers. Oh, it should be at negative 10. It should be at negative 13. Use your ear, you know, but prioritize the voice. The voice is the heart of a podcast. And so you never, unless it's for some creative reason, you know, it's a really like you really want to get things bumping. You really can prioritize the voice when you're balancing the music beneath it. And actually, this is a personal twist that I do on mixing music, but I like to notch out between a thousand to three thousand in the music track Mm -hmm. because that's a really pointed part of the human voice. And so I find that when I do that, I can actually bring the music level a little bit louder because I've scooped out that piercing place for the voice to pump through. So I think we've thoroughly covered the mixing stage Obviously, some engineers might have their special sauce that they throw in. Oh, I use this saturation or distortion. But those are the core of what you should be applying. So we're going to pause actually now so that you can hear the audio clip we've been using throughout this show as it's gone through the mixing stage. You're listening to Pod People's Podcast for people who make podcasts. Isn't it just incredible how with each step, it's just becoming more and more like that sound you want to hear from your podcast? I'm just so, I'm so happy with the improvement that we've made today. I don't know about you, Erica. Um, yeah, I'm jazzed. Good. I, me too. Well, we've arrived. We're finally at mastering Woohoo. the very pesky step that no one really understands. <laughs> um, can you please, again, summarize what mastering is and what steps you're taking at this point in the process. Yeah. So mastering has to do with where is your show going out? How is it being heard? What is the experience people will have listening to it? So in the podcast space, what that means is Apple streaming, Spotify streaming, other streaming services usually will have sort of a target loudness that everything that streams through those platforms will need to hit. So In the podcast space, it's negative 16 luffs with usually a true peak at like minus two. And really what that means is just that like if I'm listening to a podcast from one station and then I start playing a podcast from another, those podcasts are going to be sort of similar in just how loud they are. So it keeps everything consistent um, and it means that things are consistent across the platform, not just within separate like producing entities. Nice. And what sort of plugins are you applying there? What tools are at your disposal? So the master track, I always have a compressor, a limiter, and my loudness meters. The compressor on the master track is basically taking all of the 
audio so like the voices and the music and all the things that have been mixed and it's taking all of that stuff and it's just like rounding out the top of it so that nothing like gets too loud or hits above a certain level and using that along with limiter I can sort of set my levels at negative 16 so it's just about like really standardizing the loudness and the sound across the entire episode. So really at this stage, you're dealing with all the tracks now are flowing into this master track. And now you really want to make sure that across the whole podcast episode, the loudness is very even, that we're not blowing people's ears out, that it's at a certain standard that matches the industry in terms of luffs, which I looked up is loudness unit full scale. But what is the luffs that we like to hit on our shows Podcasting is around negative 16 right now. This is louder than the radio standard. And I think over the last few years, the loudness standard has increased a little. So like I used Mm -hmm. to hear that negative 18 was the standard for the last year or so. I've been mixing things to negative 16. And for reference from radio, I think that is usually like negative 24. And I've heard similar for (laughs) mixing for movie theaters. It's like negative 23 or something. So it's quite a bit louder. That is wild. Yeah. So we we in the podcast world, you'll hear different levels, but we at Pod People like to say negative 16 at the current moment for Luffs. And so now we're going to play back the audio that you've been hearing this entire show. And you'll hear the subtle difference that then the mastering step will add. You're listening to Pod People's Podcast for people who make podcasts. All right. Well, Erica, thank you so much for your incredible knowledge dump that you just gave the listeners. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Wowie, wowie, wowie. Thank you so much, Erica and Matt, for going over the Pod People editing, mixing, and mastering process. This episode is dense, so maybe listen two or three times. I guarantee you'll learn something new each time. I know I did. On next week's episode of Pod People's Podcast for people who make podcasts, we spotlight another incredible community member. This time, we talk to the current executive producer of podcasts at Netflix, David Markowitz. I started working with trying to work with publishers, trying to get audio versions of their articles. And that was a time where everyone was like, why would anyone listen to an article? That's the strangest thing I've ever heard. Video. Everyone loves video. We're like, no, we're doing audio. The Pod People team is Rachel King, Ann Fuse, Matt Sav, me, Tyler Green, Andrea Perez, Stephanie Bashara, Danielle Roth, Sammy Reed. Isabel Genius, Ashton Carter, Alexa Brooks-Major, Devin Wilson, Priscilla Berlin, Madison Lesby, Brian Rivers, and Erica Wong. This podcast is edited by Katie Clarkson and mixed and engineered by Erica Wong. Are you on Instagram? How about Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook? Guess what? So are we. Follow us, like us, join our Facebook group. We'll love you forever. Well, we'll love you anyway, but you know, go find us on the socials. Check out our show notes for links to all of those social media platforms, including a link to our intake survey. If you haven't joined the Pod People community yet, that is the link you definitely want to check out this time. Go to podpeople.com slash producers. You won't be sorry. You can also email us at hello at podpeople.com. We love to see little messages from you in there. So please send us a hello. Can't wait to hear from you and have a wonderful day. This year was wild for audio cleanup. <laughs> 
oh, let me record in my giant foyer with yeah. a marble staircase. <laughs> as if that's not going to reflect back the entire room in this yeah. recording. And then I get the recording and it's like, can you fix it? <laughs> I'm like, I will do my best. 